Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 12.9 left. Need a quick shot. Edwards, three-pointer. No good. Run down by Tajay Moore. Three is no good. And Gillespie secures, and that's going to do it. The Villanova Wildcats are headed to the Final Four. And so it was yesterday evening as Jay Wright and the lads advance, beating Houston. Gritty game. Uh, good morning, everybody. I'm Glenn Mack. Now, he is Ray Dinger. Ray, how are you on this brisk Sunday morning? I'm just fine. Good. Uh, Ray, we're going to start the show today with five questions for Ray, but mm. there's a hook. Oh? It is Ray fill in the blank. Oh. I, no multiple choice? I never liked the fill in the place. I was a multiple choice kind of guy. Actually, I was an essay question kind of guy. Oh, I have no doubt. I preferred the essay question. Fill in the blank always scared me. Well, that was the precursor to years and years of you filling up yellow legal pads. Yes. That was the origin story of Ray Ditch. And I'm surrounded by them even as we speak. Oh, we'll we'll have the opportunity to dip into those a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know if any of those cover the NCAA tournament. But I want to start with this. Ray, if we... we if we keep, let's say, let's keep this within the last fifty years. All right, so no, no Greasy Neil, no Connie Mack. Um, okay. I want you to complete the sentence. Jay Wright is the best Philadelphia area coach since. Um, last fifty years, right? That's exactly right. Mm. <laughs> well, um, just under the wire, um, I'm going to say Fred Shero. So that's what I, I I said. He's the best since Fred Shiro. I had uh, some people blow back at me last night saying, "Oh, it's much easier to win in the NHL than it is in college basketball." I I, I don't know about that, but uh, people who don't remember Fred Shiro, why don't you explain to him why you would say Fred Shiro? Oh uh, well, he took over um, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, who were little more than an expansion team. Really, uh, they had were only with their seventh year of existence. Uh, and Fred Sherry was a guy that had never coached in the NHL, and Flyers hired him. Everybody said, who's this guy? Uh, and he came in and uh, took a ragamuffin kind of team and won back-to-back Stanley Cups, uh, including beating a great, great Boston team with Bobby Orr and Phil Esposito, then repeated the next year when everybody was trying to knock him off and won another cup. And then the following year, even though they didn't win the Cup, they went to the finals against Montreal and in the middle of the season beat the best team in the world, which were the Soviets. And yep. a lot of it, you know, and really a lot of it you can trace back to Freddie as a coach. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. in terms of his coaching strategy and his ability to scout games and prepare his team, was way, way ahead of the other coaches of his era. Okay, nicely said. Here's what I think we can agree on. Jay Wright is the best coach in men's college basketball today. No argument here. Okay. I want to read you something. This was written by Brendan Quinn in The Athletic, and I read it for two reasons. First of all, it's an excellent paragraph I'm about to read. Second of all, Brendan Quinn of The Athletic was a, was a student in my journalism class at St. Joe's University about 15 years ago, so I take pride in his career. Well, you obviously taught him well. I, well, he, he's good. Let's put it that way. Here's what he wrote. He wrote, This Villanova team. The one that was 7-4 and four in December after getting blown off the court in back-to-back games against Baylor and Creighton. The one that only goes six deep. The one that doesn't have any players projected to be selected in this year's NBA draft. 
the one that doesn't have a rotation player who was rated as a five-star recruit or is over six foot eight. This team is about to outwork, outplay, outgrit Houston. The suppose he wrote it during the middle of the game, by the way. The supposed toughest team in the sport for forty minutes and win fifty to forty-four to punch a return ticket to the Final Four, one that few saw coming. Mm-hmm. Nicely said. That's very good. Uh, and it's well, it's well written, and it's also very much on point. Yeah, it is. And and the thing is, Nova is winning. Nova won last night, by the way. They went fifteen for fifty-two from the field mm-hmm. with six assists all night. Uh, and they're going back because Jay Wright knows how to coach so well, has a system in there that works, has a team that has discipline. Uh, he is not in the Naismith Hall of Fame for nothing. It's and Jay will Jay will disagree with this, but it's all about the coach. Oh yeah, no question. No question. It is. No question. It is. Um, I just went back and looked it up in in the Villanova's last twenty three NCAA tournament games. They're twenty and three. <laughs> wow, and that's gone up against the best teams and the best coaches. Yeah, he's twenty and three yeah. in his last twenty three NCAA games, and you know, and you're you're exa- you're exactly right. I mean, if we if we ha- if we had if we were having this discussion with Jay, if he was on if he was on the line with us, he would be saying, no, 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 no. It's it's all about the kids, and you know, and certainly they're doing their part. But you look at this team, and you look at the way. Year after year after year, there's a sameness to his teams. They all kind of look a lot the same. They kind of play the same. Uh, and they all peak the same late in the season. Uh, and that's all about coaching. There's no question that's all about coaching. And, I mean, what Jay Wright has accomplished at Villanova for all of these years now, um, three trips to the Final Four in six years against the big national powers, um, I mean, it's 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 truly remarkable. It, it really is a true truly remarkable. And... Uh, you know, I'm just uh, All right. I, they're 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 such fun to watch, and they're largely a fun to watch with uh, because of the coach because he runs a clean program. The kids graduate, everybody seems to have fun, and they just when it gets to March, man, they just win. Absolutely. All right. Which brings us to question two, which is the tougher one. Uh, last night, late in the game, Justin Moore with a, I think less than yeah about forty seconds to go. Villanova's got that four-point lead. Justin Moore dribbles, slips, goes down in a heap. It, it the speculation is that it's his Achilles. Uh, they 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 brought him home last night, tested. I haven't heard anything yet today. He's a critical player on a team, as we said, only six men deep. He's the second leading scorer. So, Ray, finish the sentence without Justin Moore. Nova's chances of beating Kansas or Miami, but probably Kansas next week are. Um, I'm not going to say I'm not going to rule them out. I'm going to say lessened. Lessened. I'm not going to say that's hopeless. I'm really not. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, it, it's it's possible. I mean, with the way this tournament has gone, it's possible Miami may might knock off Kansas. You know, they may wind up playing Miami instead of Kansas. But um, I mean, there's no. But I'm I'm also not going to be foolish enough to say ah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, no, it does. I mean, they're a team that doesn't have much depth. They play largely with six guys, uh, and now it's going to be on Kaleeb Daniels. I mean, he's just going to have to step in and and take that spot. And uh, they may have to just play f- Iron Man basketball. They may have to play all five guys for forty minutes. But if that's what it takes, Jay will have them ready to play. That much I know. And they're not going to go in scared because his teams never do. No, they're not going to go in scared. Yeah, I. It's. It, it will be a darn shame if if we see this has a real impact and a team that's six man deep, you know, becomes five and well, I mean, and loses one of their best players. And this is what causes them to not win. I I, I think your assessment is right. Lessened but not impossible. And I really feel like, man, they had a real opportunity. Oh, I to, think so, to too. To well, I mean, that. yesterday when we were doing the show, you said you felt strongly Villanova was going to win. Yeah. Um, and I, mean, I, I thought like it was two, five curse or something right yeah um yeah uh, fives have always beaten twos when when it's played out that way that a five plays a two the fives have always won um but I'm, i mean i was just looking i mean that was the history of it and the trend but I, I was just looking at the matchup and you know that houston team they're they're really good defensively they really defend the three and they did again yesterday um but they're really tough off the boards i mean they really are a good rebounding team especially on the offensive glass 
And I just thought that they might just be too. Yeah, you know, I just thought they might be too good for Nova. I mean, I, I thought I thought I gave Villanova chances I always do just because of Jay and just because of how well and, and how disciplined his teams play. But I thought it was going to be a real struggle. And you were very confident that they would they would find a way to win, and they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were they were really they were really good. Well, they weren't really good because again, they shot whatever fifteen for fifty two. They couldn't shoot. Gillespie couldn't shoot, but they just played tough. And and. This is something you and I discussed before. They made their foul shots. Yep, fifteen and, for fifteen, and and that's really impressive. All right, let's switch topics for now. We will get back into Villanova and the NCAA tournament as the day goes on. Certainly, take your calls about that two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We're going to cover a lot of subjects over the course of the next three hours, which moves us to the next one. Ray, the Eagles signing yesterday afternoon, right as we were going off the air, of linebacker Kazir White. In one word is uh one word. Um mm. That's a good word. Yeah, uh I <laughs> I would need I would need two words. I I would say uh, uh, hyphenate it. Okay. Uh, okay, hyphenate them. Not surprising. Okay. Cuz they uh, needed predi- the, uh, how about we go with predictable? They needed a linebacker. Yeah, or predictable. Maybe yeah. predictable. Mm-hmm. Um that's because I, I knew they had to go get a linebacker. And, uh, you know, Kazir White is, um, you know, it's is pretty good. I mean, he played pretty good for the Chargers last year. But he's, um, again, this is, this is going to fall on Jonathan Gannon. It's, a, a lot of is going to be how you use this guy. I mean, he's a 216-pound he's a yeah. linebacker. And they said he's a, he's a middle linebacker. Yeah. I'm not seeing Jeremiah Trotter in this. No, 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 no. You're well. Let's hopefully, hopefully, but hopefully, you're not seeing Kiko Alonso. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, 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 Ray. When they, um, uh. I, I went back and looked up my notes from uh, this this year's game when the Chargers played the Eagles, um, and they came in because I, I just want to say, I, let me refresh my memory here. Is there did it really play out the way I kind of remember it playing out? And I went back. And it was the charge. The way the Chargers played defense, he was the only linebacker on the field. Mm-hmm. They played with five men up, and they played with a with a nickel and dime secondary. They had one linebacker on the field, and it was this guy, who's really more of a. And this is what he was in college. He was a safety. He was yeah. you know he was sort of a he was sort of a box strong safety rather than a, than a linebacker, and he kind of still is that. So a lot of this falls. He can be fairly effective. I mean, he made 144 tackles last year because he was the only linebacker on the field. He was kind of here, there, and everywhere. Um, but he will only be as effective as his defensive coordinator allows him to be. So, you know, if the, these two defensive acquisitions, both Hassan Reddick and this guy, um, how effective they're going to be or not be largely falls into the X's and O's hands of uh, Jonathan Gannon. Right, and I think Gannon... I was not impressed with Gannon last year, but I also will concede at the same time that I don't think he had a whole ton to work with. And, you know, his caution and conservatism was, I think, partially based on, well, what do you want me to do? So now he had, they have the opportunity to go get players that he likes that fit his system. And the first two that you mentioned, Reddick and Kazir White, small. Yes. We're going to have the smallest defense in the NFL. Is that the goal? Um, well, if you draft Jordan Davis, you won't. <laughs> that'll bring up the average 10 pounds maybe that's maybe that's where this is headed maybe that's you know maybe they're getting these smaller these more undersized linebackers because they know they're going to go get jordan davis in the first round of the draft and he's just going to eat up the line of scrimmage i don't know i mean i, I look at the chargers last year i look at their defense uh yeah the guy made a ton of tackles but they were also one of the worst run defenses in the league i mean yeah. they were 30th in the league they allowed 4.6 yards per rush against uh, and it's largely because teams looked at him and said, we can run at this guy. Yeah. And it reminds me a little bit, and I, I, it sounds like I'm killing the guy, and I don't want to, but it reminds me a lot of the signing last year of Eric Wilson, you know, the linebacker they brought in, mm-hmm. who was somewhat undersized, and you looked at his numbers, hey, he had a lot of tackles, and he did a lot of this, and he did a lot of that, and then you put him on the field in this defense, and he was so bad that they, cut, that they wound up benching yeah, him and then cutting him at midseason. Yeah. Well, it's a one-year deal. Uh, and, and said worth up to $5 million, which I don't know what the escalators are, but, I mean, it could be for significantly lower than that, so it's not a big investment on their part. Uh, and, yeah, like you, I don't want to kill the guy because, to be honest, I mean, when I watched the Chargers, I was m- watching their offense more than their defense, and you're right, teams did run very well effectively against him. Uh, linebacker is not a position where they have a lot of people. 
uh, and a lot of strength. They got T.J. Edwards, who I thought was pretty good last year. He's okay. They got Davian Taylor, who I keep hearing is going to be a great player, but we'll see how that plays out. Yeah, case you know he's still raw and can't stay on the field. Right, Sean Bradley, who's a special teams guy. Right. Um, I don't know who else. Well, Reddick, I guess if you call him a linebacker. If you call him a linebacker, right? Uh, the one thing that is kind of cool, and again, you know, it doesn't mean anything on the field, but I always like to hear it. He is a somewhat local kid. He was born in Plainfield, New Jersey, raised in Pennsylvania, and he tweeted last night. Um, now I get to throw on that Eagles jersey for the hometown team. It's crazy how life works. Eagles versus Lions in the blizzard was my first NFL game ever, which, by the way, that was one of the best Eagles games I ever went to. It's time to go to work. Sink or swim, fly, Eagles, fly. Well, there you go. All right. Question number four, Ray Didinger. Much is being made of the Phillies' new offense with uh, Bryce Harper now joined by Kyle Schwarber, Nick Castellanos, hopefully a – Bounce back season from Alec Bohm. Hopefully a healthy hitting season from uh, Hoskins. Ray, the Phillies' chance of averaging five runs per game is? Uh, five runs a game? Yeah. I will just tell you this. six Five runs a game is 810, and last year six major league teams got to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would say good. Really? Yeah. You know, I th- no, I think they're going to score. I think they're going to score. I think they're going to score because they know they have to score. You know, they're not going to win it with their pitching, and they're sure as heck not going to win with their gloves. So I, th- I, I think they are a team that has has been built with exactly that in mind. They're just going to they're just going to bludgeon they're just going to bludgeon their way through the National League. So if you're thinking in terms of them being in a postseason team, and I think most people are, it's going to be purely on the offense. So yeah, f- five runs a game. Yeah, I think it's achievable. I do. Wow. Okay. I would say slim, but I like your confidence. Howard did part of his show yesterday debating whether this is the best offense in franchise history. Not shockingly, Howard went with 1980. Oh, sure. I would, too. Uh, I would not in terms of offense. The the best offense they ever had was actually 2007 when they scored 892 runs. And Boy, that was fun. And again, we're just looking at offense. We're not looking at Larry Boa as a great glove man. That year, 2007, Ryan Howard had 136 RBIs. Jimmy Rollins scored 139 runs. Utley had over 100 runs and RBIs. Uh, Pat Burrell had 97 RBIs. Aaron Rowan, I mean, every every position other other than third base, every position they they had tremendous offense. And people remember 2007 because that was the year – the first time they made the playoffs, and then they got knocked out quickly by Colorado. Mm-hmm. But 47 homers, 30 homers, 30 homers, 27 homers, 22 homers. And this is before everybody hit home runs. That, that, that was the team. But anyway. Well, I would, I would, still, I would still argue the 80 team. I, the, the team of the late 70s into 80. I think that's, that, was a, that, was a, that was a dynamic offensive team. You didn't have an easy out in that lineup. Well, you didn't have an easy out in this line. No, that's true. That's true. But I mean, you're you're just sort of you're just no, sort of, you're sort of dismissing that other team, which had you know I mean you had you know you had Big McBride who was a was a great offensive player. You had Maddox who was a really good offensive player. You had Luzinski who was a crusher in left field. You had Rose leading all time leading hits guy at first base. You had Trio who was a damn good hitter at second. You had Boa who was a much better hitter than people thought at shortstop and a good clutch hitter, and you had the best hitter in franchise history at third. Yeah. So I mean that was a that was a really good. I'm 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 kind of on Howard's side on it. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I I saw that team play every game, and they were they were a really good offensive team. Yeah. I'll but this team and this team this team crushed people. This what's that? The the oh eight oh seven oh eight oh nine team crushed people. But whatever. We're 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 I use that more as a platform to get to now, and this team you believe has an opportunity to be that elite team, and maybe that will be enough to carry them through their other weaknesses. Uh, yes, well, that's sort of, I think everybody acknowledges that. You know, I'm sure Joe Girardi's very aware of that. You know, they're not going to win it with their pitching, and they're sure not going to win with their defense. If they're going to win, they're going to have to win with their bats, and I think yeah. they can. I think, they're, I think they're hitting, I think their offense is going to be really good, especially in a year of the DH. I mean, nobody in the National League's better equipped to DH it than they are. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a double-edged sword now. Isn't yeah, it, it is. <laughs> Let's uh, sneak in a call here. Jack, our pal Jack in Santa Barbara is up early today. Hello, Jack. Hey, guys. How are you? All right. We're good. 
Oh, what a what a coaching job. That was that was unbelievable to watch that masterpiece. You know, I I don't know, it might have been his best coaching job ever because they were so physically outmanned and um uh, he played the mental game. I, I I thought that was brilliant when he when he took Gillespie out of the game and changed the flow of the game because he was overmatched speed-wise. And, mm-hmm. you know, we don't know if he was hurt or what was going on. But then the kid makes the most key shot in the whole game that turned turn the screws on the, on the victory. I love that. Yeah, he has, no, he has a – Jay has a great feel for this. He has a great feel for his teams. He has a great feel for his players. And he's, he's really, really good at – at knowing exactly when to make the right, when to make the move, and um, yeah. and when to give the guy the ball, and when to give the ball to the other guy, and you know that that filters down. I mean, that's the, the, his teams are all always a reflection of him. You you never see them make dumb plays in key situations. They always they don't always make the shot, but they always make they always take the right shot. And it's uh, I mean that's the way he drills them, and that's the way he re- he recruits them that way. That's the way he coaches them, and that's the way they play. Yeah, they but they buy into what. He is about, and he makes it be about them. He he really does, and and he I I think he builds he builds individuals more than basketball players. And I will bet after the fact, those kids are like loyal and go back and visit him, and you know all those sorts of things that you want from a coach. No um, doubt. Um, um, Glenn, what night are you moderating, Tommy and me? Uh, Ray, the uh, Saturday, 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 August the ninth. You're doing, you're doing the eight eight p.m. performance. April, yeah, Saturday, a- April the ninth. A- April the ninth. Yes. So I will see you both on. Really, the- you're coming into town. Beautiful. Yeah. Look yeah, forward to it. The- Thank you. All right. We'll yeah. see you there. Ray, explain. Tell people, let's do a little uh, Tommy and Me uh, spot here. Okay. Um, yeah, my play Tommy and Me uh, is coming back, and I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled to death about it, uh, that, that it's coming back again, and it's coming back to the Bucks County Playhouse, where we've never been before. But it's a great theater. If anybody's if – you've, if you've never been there, you really should. It's a beautiful theater up in New Hope, right on the Delaware River. Great, great place. Uh, and uh, we're going to be there opening uh, on Thursday night, April the 7th, and we're going to have 10 performances going through Easter Sunday, April the 17th, uh, and we're going to do it the same way we've always done it, which is we're going to have the play, and then after the play is over, we'll have uh, what they call a talkback, which is a, a, a Q&A with the audience where you get your chance to talk to the director, talk to me, talk to the actors, and our guest moderators, and as you just said, you are going to be uh, moderating the Q&A on Saturday the 9th, the 8 p.m. show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but among some, a couple of the other moderators, we have, uh, uh, well, opening night on April the 7th uh, is the great Harold Carmichael. Nice. Is going to be there. Uh, and then uh, Mike Sealski will be there on Friday night. Good Bucks County boy. Um, you will be there. Um, you'll be there on Saturday night. Uh, mm-hmm. Val, uh, Valerie Knight, uh, the the WOGL uh, morning hostess is going to do Saturday afternoon, and jo- the one I'm really looking forward to is uh, is Joe Con- Herb McGee is coming the following Thursday. Nice. Um, Joe Conklin is going to do it on Friday, uh, the fifteenth. Oh, that'll, uh, that'll be a free free extra bonus performance. Um, I'm sure it will. And closing the run on Easter Sunday, uh, the two o'clock show will be our good friend Lou Tilly. Nice, very nice. So, so well, yeah, I'm so if you want your t- so if anybody wants tickets, and tickets are selling pretty well. Uh, so don't wait too long. If you if you want a ticket, go online. Go to the uh, Bucks County Playhouse website, and you'll see a photograph of Tommy McDonald. Just click on that; it'll take you right to the right to the box office. Can't wait. Good stuff. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. Coming up. By the way, let me uh, give people some some part of the show. Coming up at eleven. Uh, we're going to be joined by Tom McCarthy. Of course, you know Tom is the broadcaster, TV broadcaster for the Phils. Tom also has been doing NCAA coverage, including that great game Friday night with the St. Peter's Peacocks. So we're going to talk to him about <laughs> that. 
You and I have our Oscar preview coming up at 11.25. Right. And at noon, Jeff McClain, the Philadelphia Inquirer's fine beat writer, Philadelphia Eagles beat writer, is going to join us, talk about what's going on with that franchise, and preview the upcoming owners' meetings, NFL owners' meetings, that take place this week. Uh, 215-592-9494. He's Ray Didinger. I'm Glenn Macnow on 94 WIP. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hey. All right, along with Ray Dinger, I'm Glenn Mack now. We have a lot we are going to get to today, but a big part of what people are looking forward to comes up at the end of April when the Eagles have three picks in the first round, and so therefore, every show, we take time to do Ray Dinger's College Draft Preview. Oh, you love when that music starts, don't you? I love the music. I, to be honest with you, I, I half listen to what you say. I mostly yeah. just bop along to the music. Half listen. Sometimes I'm not sure it's that much, but I know I you do. Go but, get some coffee. But I know, I know you do love the music, and so do I. And it sort of gets you in the mood for football, even though even though it's only March. But yeah, we're coming up. The draft is just about a month away, uh, and excitement is building because the Eagles are in a position they have never been before, which is having three, three, three picks in the first round i don't think they're going to use them all we can talk we're sure we'll talk to jeff mcclain a little later about that what he thinks the likelihood is that howie roseman will actually make all three of those picks i have a feeling that howie will do his usual howie thing which is wheel and deal but for now for the sake of argument let's say they're going to hold on to those three and yesterday we talked about the quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft today i will talk about the wide receivers and um i will I will say this. We've talked a lot about how the edge rushers are uh, at a premium in this draft. They really are. I mean, there's so many really good, really, really good edge rushers. The receivers, I also give this receiver crop an A, too. I mean, they're, they're really, really a lot of good receivers here. Wouldn't shock me if the Eagles used one of their high picks on one of these guys. And right now, I'll give you my top five. Okay, I'm going to go number one. I am going to go Garrett Wilson, uh, the, the receiver from Ohio State. Um, had 70 catches this year, scored 12 touchdowns. Um, he had some drop issues in the past, less so this year. He's, he's been a lot more consistent this year. Um, but he, I, I like his versatility. He can line up on the inside. He can line up on the outside. Um, and he's a guy that just always gets separation. Um, his stock really rose uh, when he was tested around the 40 in 4.38 seconds, which is really flying for a guy that's 6 feet and 192 pounds. Um, he didn't do a great vertical jump, 32 inches. Who cares? I mean, I'm not worried, going to worry about that. Again, again, I'll look at the tape, and the tape shows me that this guy's got the ability to be a really good NFL wide receiver. And my number two 
is a guy that I've seen a lot of mock drafts have come into the Eagles. I don't. That would not be a bad thing if it did happen. His name is Drake London, uh, and he's a really tall. He's a big-bodied wide receiver from Southern Cal, six feet five, two hundred and ten pounds. Actually played basketball as well as football at Southern Cal, uh, and uses all. Can I just can I interrupt? For yes, one go second? right ahead. Pac-10 wide receivers are, give me give me caution. Uh, I understand. We've been there before. I understand. Um, you know, I mean, J.J. Arzega-Whiteside is still here. Uh, yeah, I you know. know. And, and Mitchell passed through town as a first-round pick. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that, there's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not a stretch for you to say that. I, I, uh, whenever I'm taking guys from the Pac-12, uh, I do have to qualify it because sometimes you can be really fooled out there. Um, but this guy is – I have a feeling this guy is, is legit. The only concern – my only – my biggest concern with him is the injury. I mean, last year he broke his right ankle uh, on October 30th, about late in the season. But up to that point, he was he was just dominating. I mean, even though his season ended early, he still finished with 88 catches for over 1,000 yards. Um, I love his size. He's got really good hands, tracks the ball well. Um, he's not super quick off the line, uh, as, as guys that size tend to be. Uh, but he has really good build-up speed. In other words, once he gets going, he can move. He decei- deceiving that way as a long stride. Uh, and I don't know if the Eagles are going to get him in the first round, but somebody is. Even with the injury, even coming off the injury, his tape is that good. Uh, my next one is a guy that another fellow that people have linked with the Eagles, uh, and it's, it's Traylon Burks, who's a six foot three, two hundred and thirty pound receiver from Arkansas. Um, and the comparison that's being made with him, and it's pretty valid comparison actually is the Debo Samuel comparison in that he is a guy who can be both a wide receiver and a running back you can you can line him up at wide receiver you can put him in the slot you can put him on the strong side or the weak side or you can bring him in the backfield and pitch him the football which is what they do with Debo Samuel there aren't many guys that can do both that can be both a wide receiver and in certain situations play running back Samuel can I believe that this guy can probably do it too because he did a little bit of that at Arkansas. Um, and for a guy 6'3", 230, has remarkable speed. I mean, he actually can run by defensive backs and get deep. So he's a unique kind of player, a specialty kind of player, but a guy who I think a coach like Nick Sirianni would enjoy having because you can do multiple things with him. Um, the ne- my next one, I'm going back to Ohio State again, and I'm going to take Chris Olavi. Like, who's, uh, that's, that's one I, I think could be there. Yeah, I'll, I'll, he'll certainly be there in the teens. I, I'm not sure Wilson will be. Uh, I think Olave certainly will be. Uh, six feet, 190. He's a little smaller uh, than Wilson. Uh, not quite as blazing fast, but has just terrific footwork and runs runs really pristine patterns. Uh, and when he catches the ball, gets yards after the catch because he makes people miss. Uh, he's a little vulnerable to the press because he's got sort of a slight frame. Um, but he's a really good receiver who just seems to, to me at least, watching him play at Ohio State, he just seems to get better and better and better. 13 touchdown catches this year. And my fifth one, uh, I'm going to round out the top five, and I'm going to make the Penn State fans happy. I'm going to take receiver from Penn State, Jahan Dotson. Um, I watched the Ohio State-Penn State game this year. I I actually sort of watched it to see Wilson and Olave because I was so curious about those two receivers. And I really wasn't thinking that much about Dotson. And Dotson went there, and I said, wow, who is this guy? Uh, he was just great in that game. Had 11 catches, 127 yards, scored a rushing touchdown, and really, really impressed me a lot. Um, I think he's probably – some people are saying he could sneak into the bottom of the first round. Maybe he can. I think he's more likely a second-round pick. But I think he's got an awful lot of talent. Uh, I wish he were a little bigger. Um, at 5'11", 180, that's a little scary. Uh, but his speed and his quickness off the line are very real. Uh, and he combines flat-out speed with great route running. Very often you don't see that. You don't see, I mean, normally really super quick, fast guys don't necessarily be good route runners. And the guys who are good route runners kind of concentrate on that because they don't have great speed. It's rare to find a guy who is really fast, who runs good patterns. Dotson does. Last year at Penn State, 91 catches, 1,181 yards, and 12 touchdowns. Reminds me a lot. Sometimes you ask me for comparisons. Yeah. Um, and I will, I will say Dodson reminds me of, uh, uh, of uh, Tyler Lockett, uh, the, uh, the wide receiver who, that I really like coming out of Kansas State and went out to Seattle and has been kind of Russell Wilson's main guy out there. Um, he, that's kind of, he's about that size. He has a similar kind of uh, 
speed, and catching ability, and also doubles as a kick returner. So Tyler Lockett, to me, is a pretty good comparison. Uh, I think most of the Penn State people know who Dodson is, but for those who don't, that's it. So that's my top five. Garrett Wilson, Ohio State. Drake London, Southern Cal. Traylon Burks from Arkansas. Chris Olave, also Ohio State. And Jahan Dotson from Penn State. Those are my top five. All right. So, Ray, the uh, and thanks. Good stuff. Um, we can kill the music bed now. So, the Eagles did make a move for a wide receiver in free agency. It's not one that bowled anybody over, but you like him as kind of a guy who can come in and has good hands and will add some veteran presence to it. Yeah, he's, he's going to be your slot receiver. Given what they are in, in their wide receiver room, which I believe unimpressive would be a word I would use, mm-hmm. um, chances that they may actually take one of those three first-round picks and spend it on a wide receiver? Would not surprise me. Would not right. would not surprise me. I, I've been hoping all along that they, and knowing full well they need that other receiver. You know, you've got Smith, um, who's who's only going to get better. Who's already who's already quite good, uh, and will only get better. Uh, Pascal, I think will will be he'll be your answer in the slot. I think he will be an upgrade there and will help you. Uh, that other receiver on the other side, um, rather than get an, another young guy. Because you've got a lot of young receivers, yep. uh, I would. I was hoping they would go for a veteran, yeah. but all the good, all, you know, all the really that, good that veterans market, are gone. They got priced out of that one. Yeah, so I mean, the market on wide receivers just exploded right away with a lot of money being spent, and um, the Eagles didn't get anybody. So now they may have to. They may have to go into the draft and get another one. But the good news is there are some really good ones there, and these five, I have no doubt, are going to come into the NFL and be really good players. Right, good stuff. Like doing this. Uh, Jay in Fairmont wants to talk about the draft, so let's get him up there with his question. What do you got, Jay? So this was perfect timing because I have a wide receiver question about the draft. Beautiful. And so combine drives me nuts. So this is my question. This is primarily, I guess, for Ray. David Bell, Purdue Boilermakers. Just, his stock just collapsed in the combine. I'm a Big Ten guy. I watched him all year. He just lit it up. 11 for 200-plus against Mission State. 11 catches, 200-plus against Iowa. Oh, you don't have to tell me. He got, he, yeah, he, he had almost 1,300 yards. I mean, he had a, yeah, I, yeah, he had a great season. I just don't understand. And I think he would be a great fit. I mean, this guy just gets open, catches the ball, doesn't drop the ball. Explain this to me, how a guy like this just collapses in the because of the combine. Well, um... It's not just it's not just the combine. It's the it's what people perceive to be the mold of today's receiver. Uh, if you run, I mean, this sounds crazy, but if you run four five forty, they say ah too slow. If you if you don't run in the four fours or lower, people are just automatically going to say nah he can't play. Uh, and that's and I, I I agree. I know where you're coming from on this, you know, because I've seen, you know, he played in Purdue. He's played in the Big Ten. I saw him a lot, and he was he was week in and week out a productive player. But he's not he's not a guy that's going to light up the stopwatch. And right. I, I, but I think he's and every draft produces guys like this. They're guys that kind of in this part of the process, in the evaluation process, the postseason, the testing, and all that they kind of get marginalized. You know, they don't test great. And in the case of a wide receiver. If you're running four or five, you're not testing great. But he's a guy that's going to get drafted, probably late second round, maybe into the third round. And when some team gets him, they're going to be glad they got him because he's a smart player, he's tough, he catches the ball, runs good routes, and maximizes the ability that he does have. So once you get past the stopwatch and you just ask the guy to play football, David Bell's going to be a good player. And somebody's going to get him probably in the third round, and they're going to be very happy that they did. Very disappointing career as a Phillies third baseman is really. Yeah, that's true. Can't hold that against him. It, you know that 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 just wasn't his sport. I do remember. Didn't he once hit for the cycle, which was like <laughs> the weirdest thing ever? I think he may have been the last. I think he might have been the last guy to do it. Wow, that's that's got to change one of these days. All right, we got some people on hold who want to talk about uh, both the draft and Nova. We're going to bring the Sixers into the next segment, and we look forward to hearing from you. 215-592-9494. He's Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Macnow. 94 WIP. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. 
You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A lot of Sixer faithful in the building. Batum blocked by Harden. Here comes James. Leave it for him. Up top, Matisse Flyball with the hammer. Well, that was Friday night, Ray, as the uh, Sixers win uh, against a, a bad team, out uh, the Clippers out in L.A. And as you wake up this morning, Ray, as the Sixers uh, s- slept on the road in preparation for their game tonight in Phoenix, they end up in first place. That is correct. Uh, Miami loses, so the Sixers are a percentage, a couple percentage points ahead of Miami. Uh, very tight, very tight at the top. The Celtics and the Bucks are a half game behind the Sixers and the Heat. So the Sixers have a tough one tonight against the Suns, who I think have the best re- may have the best record out in the West. Um, and so the, it, it could be very short-lived. But the question I will ask you, they are now a first-place club yep. um, after the trade. And are they, in fact, a true title contender? Um, oh, yeah, I think so, sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, right now, uh, I think the two. I think the two best teams. Just this is my observation. Uh, records mm-hmm. aside, I know Miami has a really good record, and uh, but to me, the two best teams in the East are Milwaukee and the Sixers. Um, yeah, you've always said Milwaukee off of you know watching them last year. Yeah, thinking yeah, and I, I've they, thought, they can wake up when they need to. Yeah, and I think that's it. I I thought they won the championship last year, and very often that team comes back this year in the kind of the regular season. It's ho hum. You know, and then when the when the times get to the postseason, then they'll start to play again. Uh, and I kind of have that feeling about Miami, about the Milwaukee this year. I saw them a couple of times, and they didn't look like the same team. They looked like they were a step behind. Um, but I know they're better than that, and I think you get them in a best of seven with their championship at stake. I think you're going to see the best of them, and I think they're really good. Mm-hmm. So if I were to guess right now, you ask me. Are the Sixers a title contender? Sure, because I think <clears throat> I think they're in the Final Four. To me, in 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 my in my reckoning of the, of the league as it stands right now, I think they're one of the two best teams in the East. And if you're one of the two best teams in your conference, then you're certainly a title contender. And you know the you you look at that game, the game the other night against the Clippers. I mean they they just blew them out right from the beginning. I mean the game was really kind of over in the first quarter. They just took they just took the game by the throat, and the Clippers never really did get back into it. And I was looking at the, I was looking at the stats after the game was over and looking at the standings. Sixers are twenty five and eleven on the road. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really they. Now this will be a real tough test. I mean, they're playing a a really good yeah, team. I just look, the Suns are sixty and fourteen. Yeah, so they're playing a really good team. Now good. they're playing a really good team on the road, which is a bigger challenge. But um, but to be at this point to be twenty five and eleven on the road, that's that's an indication of just how good the Sixers can be. You know, it's a huge game. Is they after tonight's game, they come home and Tuesday night they play those Bucks at the Wells Fargo Center. Right. And again, there's only nine games left in the regular season, so everybody is jockeying position for position. That is going to be a huge game. That's a must-watch. Yeah, I think so. And that's kind of I've kind of been looking. I've had kind of had that one circled on the calendar now for a while because I really do think the Bucks are that good. I really do think they're a a, a legit defending champion. Uh, and I think a game a game like that will bring that out of them. So yeah, I mean this is a this is a real tough back to back here with the Sixers. They got to play a really really good Phoenix team on the road and then come home and play what I think is a really really good Milwaukee team. I think these I think these two games will tell you a lot about what the Sixers are. You know the team that scares me a little bit. Who's right that? Now? The Nets. I mean, for ben, no Ben Simmons. I don't care about Ben Simmons, but right. Kyrie, man, he looks so good. And I don't want to face the Nets in the first round. I'm not telling you the Sixers are going to lose to the Nets. Right. But, I mean, I think the Celtics are really good. I, I agree with your premise on the Bucks. Miami, I, I, for whatever reason, doesn't scare me as much. No. 
Um, but I just I could see if I'm if I'm picking a team to make a run that's not at the top of the division, I would say it's the Nets, and that's a matchup that I would prefer not to have in the first round. It could be. I mean, you 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 could be right about that. I mean, any team that has Durant, um, they're dangerous. I mean, there's a guy that can take over a game. He really can. Um, I mean, it would be and great. Kyrie scoring fifty points a night. Yeah, I know. You know, and now he can play every game. And now he now he can play every game. I mean, yeah. from you think from, the mayor of New York is a sports fan? <laughs> uh, the baseball season starting. Aaron Judge isn't vaccinated. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that's it. So I'll change the rule, but not not for city workers, but just for performers and athletes. Yeah, there's uh, some consternation about yeah, that up well, there. There think. seems to be a double standard at work. Yeah, here. I think there's reason to believe there's a double standard. I, you do it or you don't do it, but you don't say like the Aaron Judge is an essential worker, but the cops they're not. That that I, you yeah. Know, I, I don't want to delve into the politics of it, but that kind of looked yeah, I, fishy. I, I, I it's hard. It's hard not to be. It's not. It's hard not to view this in a cynical way. I hate to be cynical, but I mean, I, I think it's it's fair to ask that question. And for that very reason, yeah, the nets the nets are the nets are dangerous. They really are. I don't know why. I know Miami's record is really good, um, but some for some reason they don't scare me. I I, I just I don't know. I can't put my finger on. It. I don't know what it is. I mean, I look at these other teams. If you're talking about down the road, a best-of-seven series. Miami doesn't scare me nearly as much as some of these other teams. One other basketball thing I wanted to get in, because they've been running this commercial a lot during the NCAA tournament, and I love it. Have you seen the one where Dr. J is in Joel Embiid's head? <laughs> no. Oh, it's great. Joel it's for I think it's for Coke. The, the funny thing with commercials, I don't remember what they're for, but it's, it's pretty sure it's for Coke. And... um. Embiid is drinking a Coke and he's talking, but it's Dr. J's voice. And essentially, Dr. J has taken over Embiid's thought and mind and head, which, by the way, wouldn't be such a bad thing. Which wouldn't be a bad thing, <laughs> no. actually. You can't, if you watch the NCAA today, just check the commercials because I'm sure, I'm sure they will run it. It's an outstanding commercial. Love it. And, of course, you love when the local guys get the national. Yes, exactly. Uh, let's talk to Mike in Yardley. You're on with Ray and Glenn. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Uh I have a theme for my conversation. It's defense. I want to start with the, the Nova game. I hope Ben Simmons was watching because, boy, you can play really good defense and miss all your foul shots, and you're going to lose. <laughs> and exactly the opposite happened with the Villanova. They couldn't – they hit every shot. And yep. that was the real difference in the game, and that was my takeaway from it. What were they? Were they were sixteen for sixteen? I forget what they. Fifteen, 15 for fifteen. Fifteen for fifteen. And and Houston was nine for fourteen. They missed five. Right. And what was it? The margin of the game was six. Was six. six. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was really. Pretty Houston, stark Houston makes three away. more. Uh, Nova misses three, and you got a tie game. Yeah, you got it. So, um, but the other defensive thoughts I had, and you know, I'm really, really pleased with the. The Phillies, because they think the Phillies management did everything they could do to get me to be interested in baseball in their team right now with what they did. And it's unfortunate they, they can't play any defense, but we know how the game's changed. Defense isn't nearly as important as hitting home runs, and they focused on something that was more important. So I'm happy with it, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think I, that's I think that's good and that's fair. I will say there will be those nights. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Uh, 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 and Ray, you will you will be banging that drum <laughs> when it's like four to four in the. I don't know why I'm doing Harry Callis doing the game, but it's because I can't do um, Fransky. But four to four in the ninth. There's a sharp ground ball. The third. Oh, and it got right <laughs> by Alec Boom, and all the runners are gonna score. The runs are unearned, but who? But who cares? cares? <laughs> Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, I I know the analytics people will who are really who are really running baseball now. Uh, oh yeah. Well, really are are of the belief that defense doesn't matter. Um, and uh, and I I never I I don't understand that. I don't agree with that. I don't suspect I will ever get on board with that because if you also take the analytics to the next step, I was looking. I was reading up on Aaron Nola because you know last year to me was a very frustrating year. To watch Aaron Nola because I think he's a really good pitcher, and I, I know can, that can last I do year Harry he... Callis one more time. Yeah, go right ahead. Nola zero and two on a hitter. Here's the oh, and that's all deep as <laughs> out of here. <laughs> you missed the crack of. I was waiting for the crack yeah. of the bat. I guess you couldn't quite get that sound yeah, effect yeah, in there. Yeah. 
but that's but that's true. But um, I was reading up on Nola, and they had a breakdown on the pitches that he threw over the course of the season, and they talked about how sharply uh, how sharply down his his percentage of of sinkers sinking sinking pitches was last year. How how he threw way fewer sinking uh, sinkers, uh, and and they sort of sort of just shrugged it off. And I'm saying there's a reason for that. If you if you're if you're a pitcher on this team, why do you, why are yeah. you going to throw sinkers when you have infielders that can't catch a ground ball? Yeah, you're sitting out there thinking I got to get the strikeout. Yeah, I got you know I got to either strike him out or get the ball in the air because if he hits it on the ground, nobody's going to be able to catch it. So if if it's influencing your best pitcher's pitch selection to that degree, and I have no doubt it's no coincidence that his percentage of sinkers went down last year when he had those turkeys playing behind him in the field. Then we had that left side of the infield. Um, if if that's if that's impacting the pitch selection of a guy who is you hoped was going to be your best pitcher, then guess what? It's having a significant impact on the game. Yeah, no doubt. Well put. And we don't know that that's in his head, but it certainly would make sense that it is. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. We see people want to talk. Well, a lot of people want to talk about the draft. We will get that. But coming up, we have the honor to talk to our pal Tom McCarthy. We'll talk some Phillies with him, and he's been calling NCAA games, including really fun one on Friday night. We'll get into that with Tommy Mack. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now, Sunday morning on 94 WIP. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.